De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to talk about how to determine your marketing budget and ways to jumpstart business growth. Joining us is Matthew Marks, who is the CEO at Evocalize, which provides sophisticated yet simple local marketing automation for multiple location brands and technology platforms that drive results and saves time for teams and end users. And today, Matthew and I are going to talk about optimizing your budget for marketing spend. Okay, here's my conversation with Matthew Marks, the CEO at Vocalize. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Doug. Excited about this. Well, it's going to be a fun conversation because we're digging into optimizing budgets. Half the audience is excited. The other half of the audience is thinking about dental surgery. But I think it's a, really, it's a really critical component of how we perform as revenue leaders, right? Marketers have to sing for their supper quite often. So ensuring that we're optimizing that budget is really job one in many ways, because otherwise we're not going to be able to get our job done. So I want to dig in here, Matthew, and talk about how do we define an optimal budget? Is it simply producing the maximum amount of interest for the lowest possible cost, simply the most revenue for lowest possible cost? Is it as easy as that? Is the podcast over? Did we just answer that question? Done. It's cake. You know, push the, take the magic pill and we'll all go home. <laughs> Look, it's, this is exceedingly complex to get right. But I, I think, you know, Doug, when we think about where to start, we think about starting with business results, right? So when we're working with local marketers, we're working with even, frankly, corporate marketers who have lo- local presences, we think about like, what is your location demand? What do you need? right? What are your needs on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? What are your needs right now? Right. And so whether that's, we started and do a lot of work in, in the real estate business and in, in the apartment business and mortgage financial services going through a lot of turmoil right now and a lot of changing needs. At the end of the day, leads and leads that convert into business that makes you money is what you're looking to do. Right. So we start there. What fills the pipe, right? What fills, what would be a great month, right? So we start with that. And then we can work upwards from there because you, you need to do a lot of things up or funnel, as we know, as marketers to be able to accomplish that goal. But start with the goal. And so I, I'm going to assume that you have to deal with a range of sophistication that can sometimes be whiplash-like, right? So you've got corporations you're dealing with that understand this idea of brand awareness and driving interest, but have no clue how to drive that interest in a local level. Or you've got small business owners. Right. And the small business owners are like, marketing brings me customers and there's digital. Yep. You got it. I mean, I think, you know, for us, we, we live in this unique world, right? Where we're dealing with our software kind of unifies the corporate marketer with their locations and the local marketers. And so they, we call our, our platform a collaborative marketing platform just because there's a lot of 
trading of data, of expertise, of content, of imagery that has to go into running programs, uh, marketing programs that work top to bottom from a corporate level, maintain brand compliance and consistency across a nation or a world, right? Where the location has its own needs and wants that it needs to push, right? And that varies pretty wildly. Even the words that folks use, right, varies wildly. Boston and Austin sound alike, but they're very different communities in the United States. It's a very interesting balance. The local marketer, small-scale marketer, very focused on down-funnel results. What can you do for me this week? Corporate marketer focused a lot more on branding. What we're trying to do is unify the two because really they work hand-in-hand. And so it's in many ways, you're trying to create that partnership with the local franchise owner, the corporate folks, their job is to drive that awareness and interest at the top of the funnel, the local folks, the idea is to drive that interest to the bottom of the funnel. And I have to say, this sounds very, very inbound. Are there outbound components to this or is this largely an inbound game? This is actually in our world, it's, it's, it's largely an outbound game. So in our world, it's going out and finding and sourcing demand, pushing your message you know, in the, in, the, in the paid demand generation world, right? That's most of where we live before the demand comes in and matriculates itself into kind of lower funnel drip campaigns and nurture campaigns and bringing people in store. But for us, a lot of, the, a lot of what we do is all around, how do you, when you're paying for audience, you're, you're running Facebook or Instagram or Google or now TikTok, TikTok is, uh, you know, people with gray hair laugh at it a little bit like I have in the past and it is not something to laugh at. I'll tell you that. So, These are the channels that we spend most of our time thinking about where the people are. You know, you're fishing in different ponds and these different channels. And if you fish in the right way, you can actually capture some unique demand, top of funnel and and bottom of the funnel. So I'm listening in. Uh, I've got a local franchise that's say I've got seven stores. I've got a corporate overlord. I mean, sorry, I've got a corporate uh, host (laughs) guest of somebody who looks after me and takes my money. Where are folks usually starting when they think about optimizing their budget? Is it pretty digital first at this point? Well, pre-pandemic, it wasn't. So local marketers pre-pandemic spent two-thirds of their marketing dollars on non-digital means, right? Like So non-measurable, I'm going to print some flyers, I'm going to do some direct mailers, I'm going to hang some signs. Post-pandemic, that whole thing has changed, right? So corporate marketers have been there for a while. At the corporate level, more than two-thirds of, of the budgets have been going to, to digital for, for a decade now. But the pandemic kind of accelerated things for local marketers. And now they're they're crossing over the 50-50 threshold. And so they're, they're, they're inching up closer and closer to their corporate brethren in terms of marketing mix and media mix dollars. But digital is where more and more people are starting at the local level. I think, you know, people tend to start in Facebook or Meta just because you know, that's the thing that they see and they hear and they hear out in the world that they should go do. But, you know, it's it's a broader world than that. Meta is a great, great part of ours and a great platform to source demand from. But when you're thinking about budgets, you also have to think about channels, right? So we obviously it's a lot of work, right, for a small scale marketer, for a local marketer to cross channels. But we really encourage folks to think beyond just one platform when they're planning out their budgets. Okay. So it's a digital first world. Shocker, everybody. Shocker. <laughs> it's become digital first. I was just at the B2B Forester Summit down in Austin and uh, said that to a room full of uh, corporate marketers. And they looked at me like, hey, buddy, did you just wake up? What's happening? <laughs> but it's, it, to your point, Matthew, it really has been the reality for corporate marketers. I'm a corporate marketer for a really, really long time. Digital first has really been our mantra for the last 10 years or so. But when we're thinking about these local marketers, they have this level of sophistication that uh, sophistication is a bad word. How about this? Just level of experience that you've got to fill the gap for typically, right? 
So when you're thinking about helping them kind of optimize that local mix, again, we've got the benevolent overlords certainly helping, but where are they really looking first? And you talked about Meta being a starting place, but are they thinking in terms of their digital front door, meaning their website as well? Like how rudimentary are we talking about here? Yeah, I mean, I think they're thinking about their website. They're thinking about downstream technologies to, you know, depending on the industry to nurture things like leads, certainly in financial services, real estate, and lead the lead industries writ large. But, you know, I think the reason it's been so hard for local, and I'm with you, right? I sat on the Interactive Advertising Bureau's data council for years up in New York, right? Like data-driven digital marketing isn't anything new to a corporate marketer, but we left a whole group of people behind. Right. Like we went ahead and said, okay, this is the, this is the right way to do it. And, and all these poor folks at the local level are just trying to get their, their job done every day. Right. They're trying to run their business. They don't have the budget to hire a big, great agency to come in and swoop in and, and, and run things for them. They, they can't pay enough to get an expert to do the work for them. So they're left with someone's niece or figuring out, figuring it out themselves. Right. And so that's really, you know, to me, at the end of the day, what the pandemic did for these folks is it just forced them to understand digital and, to, and kind of, you know, to make the transition that uh, we kind of, you know, made a decade ago. So website, I think, is a key part. I mean, they're thinking about the whole mix now and more technology, turnkey technology platforms have come into play to help. You know, but the MarTech landscape is pretty chaotic. So you're asking a small scale marketer again to go out and figure out how to knit together a bunch of disparate technology solutions when they, you know, they might have an hour a day, you know, at max to think about this stuff, right? So to me, that's why we think about local. We think about bringing together the ingredients needed for performance marketing at the local level, right? Data, knowledge, time to test and learn, and technology. Technology is one piece of the puzzle, right? So how do you bring all of those things together to let them market like the biggest folks in the world? That's, you know, really, I think the, the question that we're trying to solve. Yeah. And it strikes me as also being a situation where, you know, those marketing dollars spent, they understand that those marketing dollars spent equal revenue later, but their dollars being spent right now and not being spent on other things. And I'm sure I'm going to guess, Matthew, that they're chasing the bottom of the funnel most often, right? How do I get more if it's lead based? How am I getting more and more leads? And quite often, that's the wrong strategy. So and they also don't have kind of that platform, if you will, that's going to help them make those decisions and have visibility so let's flip that around a little bit. How are corporate folks able to help those local businesses and or how are they potentially able to get more micro in their marketing? Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of a hybrid marketing automation platform, as I mentioned earlier, that allows corporate to market with a location angle to it with personalization to location if they want to push the button and, and run the marketing programs to do that. You know, technology certainly exists to run across channels, Meta and Google and TikTok and LinkedIn and wherever you're going to, to source demand from that corporate level where you can run individual personalized programs, marketing programs for the locations. But more and more, we're seeing this hybrid model exist where corporate wants to do some of that, sometimes more upper funnel, even if it's personalized, and they want to let the location log in and use the same audiences, the same ingredients approved brand creative videos, you know, videos are taking off quickly at the local level now as well, finally, right? And so use those materials and ingredients without having to go develop them from scratch to drive bottom of the pump. So now the location can focus on what do I need today? What do I need this week? What do I need this month? 
and the the corporate group is is running this kind of overwatch right and and building uh, the brand whether it's national or local and so you can kind of you know various organizations are in various points in this transition right from mostly corporate driven and mostly local driven we see this elastic approach where brands can shift back and forth as they need to as long as they're kind of on the same technology to be able to that allows them to do that so this really is about giving the tools necessary for local businesses to be successful, but also creating this kind of common view based on the brand that's actually driving the awareness to the top of the funnel and then unifying that at the bottom. And how's it working? What are you seeing typically? Yeah, I mean, it works great. Typically, we see when there's a local execution component, we see about 400% or 4x the performance. Then we see when there's just a brand, just a national brand approach without localization. And so that means real dollars at the end of the day. And, you know, reports prove it out. And when you when you implement a system or have process in place that allows you to have visibility across, you know, location marketing and corporate marketing, you do things that you can't do otherwise, right? Like you're not competing against each other, right? So so you're running in the same ad accounts, you're running in the same system. So your audiences are working together to build up the the umbrella. And you're also able to see how you compare with your peers right? And the non-competitive businesses that are in the same kind of network that you are. And that allows you to have a pretty good benchmark on like your ROI and what, what you're getting and, and how you're doing versus your partners and your peers. And so I think those things really make it nice and, and make success visible and apparent, which I think the local folks need more than the you know folks who have degrees in marketing like we do. Yeah, I actually have a degree in microphone handling, not marketing. But uh, no, that's, <laughs> you guys, I have a giant microphone in front of my face that, through these entire conversations and constantly fiddling with it as well. So, you know, what I'd like to understand is what's a starting point? And again, we've got a lot more support than somebody who's starting a business in the corner saying selling lemonade. And that's that brand support. But what's a typical recommendation from you in terms of how much should you be allocating for your marketing spend on a monthly basis? And then how do you go about helping people understand how to optimize that mix? The amount that folks should be spending as a percentage of their, their revenue varies wildly by industry. So it's hard to give a blanket amount there. I would say you start with bottom level demand and you say, how many leads, what's my lead conversion percentage? What are leads doing converting into business? So what do I need from a sales perspective this month? How much do I generally get just organically without doing any marketing, right? And then how much do I need, right? Do I need an extra million dollars in sales this month, right? Okay, if I need that, then how many leads do I need to be able to get that at a reasonable cost per lead? In real estate, for instance, we see anywhere from you know $4 cost per qualified lead to $50, depending on market and you know the, the local conditions on the ground, right? So in the quality level of that, right? So you start to then back into, great, how many leads do I need for that? Can I handle that capacity? Can I, do I have the downstream systems or the people to be able to nurture those leads and turn them into, into results? And then that just will reveal a budget that you need to make your goals at the end of the day, right? So that's how we encourage our partners to think about it. Think about it from the business first angle, because at the local level, again, at corporate marketing, we spend a lot of time thinking about attribution and you know multi-touch and we're really living and breathing performance at the local level. They want people to walk in the door, right? Like that's really, that's their success. Did, did these people walk in the door and buy, you know, buy a sandwich this week, right? Like that's what they need and want. So that's where we like to start. That makes a lot of sense. So it's, Hey, what's my lead conversion rate to revenue? 
how much revenue do I want to increase? How much do I want to increase revenue? Then in turn, what's my cost per lead, so to speak? And then, hey, that's what I should be spending. But that's the beginning of the journey, right? And so it's, hey, my cost per acquisition, my cost per lead, my cost per foot traffic is way too high. Great. But we have a set of heuristics that will tell us how successful we're going to be. And then they're not in a blind spot anymore because guess what? They're information sharing with the brand, right? With the franchise brand who's saying, and by the way, we think we're driving this much foot traffic. So are there missteps that local franchise owners fall into that you're seeing that you'd recommend, hey guys, stay away from this trap, like getting overly focused on something like say Facebook or ignoring other channels? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's hard to ask someone who's already so busy and we're asking them to learn something new, right? I mean, they went through a boot camp in, in the pandemic, most of these folks, and like how to log into Facebook and how to run a, you know, an ad, right? And it took them hours and hours to do it, right? And so it's easy for us to say, look, you're missing out on a whole chunks of the population if you skip Google, you skip TikTok, right? So I would say the first piece of advice I would give is get really good at one channel. Get really good at it. Figure out the, your repeatable way to get cost per lead in that channel and really, really nail that, right? And then move to subsequent channels because then you can have kind of a playbook but it's certainly challenging for folks that, for instance, you know, at a corporate level, a lot, a lot of what you use is what? First-party data, right? You're using first-party data for audience. You're using advanced techniques. At a local level, sometimes you don't have any first-party data. Or if you have it, you have no idea what to do with it. So I would say the, the biggest trap I see people go into or, or get trapped into are two things. Despite my advice, being too broad and do, trying to do too many things and not doing any one thing well, and two, not using or finding or finding a way to use their first-party data, their CRM data. These folks, a lot of them don't even understand what first-party data means, right? So that's what we're talking about. So CRM data, your customer records, right? Your point-of-sale data, your website traffic, right? You need to be using that. If you're not, you're getting behind so how about for the marketers that are responsible for creating success at that local business level? So in other words, the, the big brands out there, how can they help their local franchises be better? Are we talking about jumping in and saying, guys, here's what your personas look like? Or is it more about a matter of kind of this boot camp getting people involved? Or is it just trial by error? So I, and, and I hate to, I'm kind of biased on the, on the technology side here, right? But I just don't think the, these folks have so much to do. And we're asking them to become marketers, right? We're, we're asking them to, to watch training courses and understand how to run things. I mean, that's better than nothing, right? But give them an easy button, right? Like corporate marketer has a location <laughs> angle to your business. Like give them a platform and they can press a button and the technology does it for them. They don't have to go wire things together. It's already there. The system executes it for them and then shows them the results right there in their face alongside of their peers, Right. That's what they need. They, they can't, they don't have the time to go learn this stuff like we do. They don't have the time. So it's your job at the corporate level to figure out how to make it push button simple for those guys at the local level. That's your job, right? That's how you move the needle in your multi-location business. So as you can tell, that gets me fired up because I think, you know, we're asking these people to take on yet another job of like training and learning to become a marketer. It's a, it's a losing proposition. 
Yeah, I have to say, at the end of the day, these are folks that understand their customers better than anybody else. And they have that local understanding. They are, frankly, probably the better marketers. They just don't realize it. So it's about kind of putting those tools in front of them because, you know, great marketing is about having an intimate understanding of your customers and having empathy for them. And if you're a franchise owner, you have no choice. That's exactly right. You have all the data, you have all the tools, you have all the education, right? You have all the resources and no local knowledge, right? And so the best of both worlds is the, the location adds the local knowledge and turns the dial for demand when they need it. And you're setting it all up for them so that they have the data already pre-wired in and, and, and everything set up for success when they choose to press the button, right? That's the magic here of what I called earlier the hybrid marketing model, which allows you know, both sides to really play to their strengths. Well, we've talked about how we optimize budget. I'd love to have you come back, Matthew, and talk to us about how we translate over to the revenue. That'd be awesome. We'd love to. All right. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Matthew Mark, CEO at Vocalize, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Matthew and I are going to dig in and discuss optimizing revenue growth for local and SMB. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Matthew, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him directly on Twitter, where his handle is Matthew Marks, M-A-R-X, or visit his company website at vocalize.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Not TikTok yet. Or you can contact me directly where my handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day, okay? That's all for today, but until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't gonna generate itself.